All right. It's good to see y'all. I'm Jeff Ross. I'm one of the associate pastors here and uh, happy to have the chance to share this time of worship with you guys uh, and enjoy some of the sweaters. I, Jason, I couldn't find a tacky sweater, so I, I got one of my better ones. I just, I was discovered over here. I was playing with something in my pocket and it, it lights up too. Um, not very well. I think the batteries are Going, oh yeah, turn the lights down. You can see me light up. So um, these are fun. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I think this may be the first time I've ever actually worn this outside of the house. So I appreciate the opportunity to do that. We're going to, um, we're going to take a look this morning at a, at a song and we're going to kind of weave it in. And so I want you to kind of think of your uh, favorite Christmas songs and especially like the uh, who wrote it and any of the background you might know about the song because I think there's a common theme with a lot of the Christmas songs about what the, the search is and a transition that happens. And so we're going to look at Mary's song in the first chapter of Luke um, and, uh, and, and talk a little bit about how that came about. Uh, where she started from, how she got there, and, and maybe that's part of the journey that we're on, you and I are on uh, this Christmas season. So let's begin uh, in uh, the 46th verse, I think, of chapter 1 of Luke. And Mar- so the, the, well, we'll get into the backstory a little bit. Um, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from the thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. According to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. May God add his blessing to our hearing and reading and understanding of his word. So Mary, a young girl, finds out she's going to have a child, uh, kind of in an odd way, uh, taking a little bit of getting used to, uh, probably harder uh, for her to uh, sort of grapple with everything that was happening to her than to explain it to the people around her. Uh, They didn't have the same visions, experiences. They didn't have the same feelings and uh, things happened to them that happened to her. So as she tries to explain this to everybody, it's like, yeah, sure. And, and, And probably behind a lot of that was the question, Mary, why you? What makes you so special? And that's a great question because I think a lot of us would say, yeah, nothing like that would happen to me. I'm not that special. I don't stand out. I, ha- I haven't lived such a wonderful life that th- those kinds of things would happen to me. I've, I've done this and I messed up here and I should have done that. And, and a lot of times we spend a, a good bit of our time sort of uh, in self-doubt and shame and uh, uh, 
feeling like we owe some sort of debt. And so Mary is uh, on this journey uh, from where she starts to where she ends up in this. Uh, She's gone to see her cousin Elizabeth, uh, and Elizabeth has affirmed uh, this work that's happening in Mary. Um, And so Mary starts at a place, if you go back in the first chapter, she starts at a place when the angel tells her what's about to happen, uh, she starts questioning that. No, it can't be. Uh, and she, she gets into the practical. Well, how could this be? You know, what to, how is this actually possible? Uh, and so she spends a lot of time on all these questions that are sort of off to the side, not really the point. Uh, and it, it takes her a while to, uh, to understand, figure out what's taken place. And, and that's normal. <laughs> Just imagine you're in her shoes. It, it would take you a while, too. What in the world is happening? Can this be? And even after the experience with the angel and she sort of uh, sleeps on it and gets up the next day, uh, you know, trying to process what is taking place, it, it's hard. And so you spend a lot of time on it can't be and I'm not the right person and I don't deserve this. And why would God pick me of all the people that are out there? What is God seeing in me? Why would God do this? And so it's this process, isn't it? Uh, and, and that's true in our lives on, on just a regular basis, this process of believing, trusting, kind of getting our heads around this idea that God is interested in a relationship with me. Why? <laughs> Who am I? What have I done? What do I have to offer? Isn't God aware of, you know, some mistakes that I've made and I, I just don't measure up? I'm not like that person. I'm not like that person. Why would God care? Why would God be interested? God's for those folks, for other people. God's interested in that person because of the gifts that they have, but not me. And so I think that's a, a natural sort of process that, that we all struggle with. And, and so Mary's trying to get her head around that. She goes to visit Elizabeth Uh, And Elizabeth affirms, uh, she blesses, she prays over, she speaks a word of wisdom and truth and blessing over Mary uh, uh, to affirm, uh, and maybe the first one, up until now, it seems like everybody probably that she's told this to has doubted, oh, that can't be, that doesn't happen. Mary, tell us what really happened. Um, and, um, but Elizabeth affirms that. And so in the, the, the coming to grips, uh, and accepting what has happened to her, this wonderful, beautiful passage that we just read, uh, the Magnificat, uh, is Mary's sort of song of, uh, I am blessed. I am favored. God did choose me. And I wonder for those of us in the room today, if we've ever gotten to a point uh, uh, where we, we could say that ourselves. Yeah, God, God did choose me. I don't know why. I don't get it. But God did choose me. God does love me. God does care for me. God does have a plan for my life. God didn't make a mistake. 
when he created me. I'm not just a, sort of a filler person for the world and everybody else that's doing great things. I'm just sort of a stand-in or a standby in that world of, of theirs. But that I am somebody that God loves and created uh, and has a hope and a plan for. I, I, there's, a, there's a transition in there from that place where we don't feel valued, where we don't feel like we matter, to a place where we even reluctantly accept, wow, maybe this God cares for me. I think for the most part, we focus on shame and doubt and a debt that we owe. But the Christmas story is all about trying to affirm that God places value on us. God sees us as valuable. Uh, God sees in us something of great value that he's willing to risk everything by sending Jesus into our world to let us know that, to share that with us, to help us see that. Um, one of the places where, again, if we're staying with songs, where I think that's this, this journey from where we were to where we need to, to try to get to and how Christmas helps us in that is in the lyrics to Oh Holy Night. I wonder if you can play that track in your head. Oh Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. So the, the lyrics are going to explain what that means. This is the night of our dear Savior's birth. So what exactly does that mean for us? Well, here's what he says. Long lay the world in sin and in error, pining. Isn't that a great phrase? Long lay the world. So the world for ages and ages and ages, and still today, is pining, <laughs> feeling sin and error. I've sinned, I've made errors, and I'm pining, I'm lamenting, I'm struggling with that. Uh, that that's our condition, that's the human condition, that we don't feel good enough, we don't feel worthy, we don't feel like we matter, we don't feel like we measure up. So we're, we're feeling sinful, we feel like we've made errors, or that even worse, that we feel like we are an error, which is tragic. But then the, the, the next line says, Till he appeared, Jesus, till Jesus appeared. And the appearance of Jesus, the coming of Jesus, God sending Jesus, Jesus willingly coming into our world changes all of that, doesn't it? And it says, for suddenly the soul felt its worth. Wow, what a great phrase. The soul felt its worth. Our souls, because of Christmas, our hearts, our souls, our bodies, our minds, our hearts feel like maybe, maybe if we listen to the story, if we pay attention, if we're willing to walk through that story, maybe we do have worth. Maybe we do have value. 
And when the enormity of that idea wraps its arms around us and gives us a big hug and we move from this place of doubt and fear and anxiety and self uh, where we don't feel valued uh, to a place of maybe I am valued, maybe I do have worth, the next phrase is the thrill of hope. The weary world rejoicing. It's weary. It's hard to live in a place where we don't feel like we measure up, where we're second best at, at best, um, where we, we are, are wallow more in shame and doubt and owing a debt than to living into believing that we matter. When we cross that threshold, there's this thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. Yay! For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. You know, it's 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 really if you if you're thinking through a Christmas song that that brings you hope and joy, there's a, a transition that had to take place in that writer, right? Because every song ever written was written in a time when probably life was hard. Just guessing, because we're human and we live on earth, that every song ever written was written during a time when life was kind of hard. And so there's a choice there, isn't there? We can focus on what's hard. We can focus on the lament. We can focus on what's not going our way, what hasn't happened in our life that we wanted, what we, we didn't get that we thought we deserved. We can focus on that and stay in that place of mourning and dead and anger and bitterness. Or we can recognize this transition that Mary has gone through of wondering why me to the place where she says, I'm blessed. God loves me. God's noticed me. God has a plan for my life. God has a hope. God is breathing his spirit into my life to give me direction and hope and meaning. And when we decide to live into that, joy to the world. Uh, The songs we've already sung this morning, the songs we're about to sing, the songs that will be the most Uh, sung songs by you over the Christmas holidays are songs where somebody decided, I'm going to see, I'm going to believe, I'm going to walk into, I'm going to live into the blessing that God wants to breathe into my life. And that's that's a choice that we make. That's a movement that we make. We see it in Mary moving from Why me? This can't be true. No, you've got the wrong person. No, that's not going to happen to I am blessed. God has favored me. God loves me. God cares for me. I don't know about the journey in your life, but that's been a hard journey in my life. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've done things, gosh, I wish I could turn back the clock and redo and, and, and the tendency is to dwell on those things, isn't it? Gosh, why did I do that? Why, why did I say that? Why did I act that way? And, and if we're not careful, we stay in that place. Because of that, I, I, I'm, I've missed 
what God wants me to do. I've missed an opportunity to live the life that God had for me. I've, I've, I've given that away. I've sold it for 30 pieces of silver. I just, I'll never be able to give it back, to get it back. And that's just not true. God cares for us. God loves us. Christmas is an opportunity for us to see that God comes into the world in the form of Jesus, uh, not just to make a big, grand, fun appearance that we celebrate with uh, toys and events on, on Christmas Day, but to help us recognize that it's not the debt and the doubt and the shame that God sees when he sees you and me. It's value, it's worthiness, it's joy, it's hope, it's possibilities. It's a life that God's created and loves unconditionally. I hope as you uh, listen to Christmas songs over the, the rest of the holiday season, that you'll recognize that in those songs of hope and joy, the writer made a choice, a choice to see the hope and the possibilities of a future that's untainted by anything that's gone before. Let us pray. God, I pray this morning for for each of us here, each of us watching online. Um, Our our tendency is is often to... uh, Look at the mistakes, the, the things that nobody else knows and nobody else has heard about, but, but we know and we feel bad and, and we, we feel like there's some sort of count racking up against us. God, but you see us in a different way. You see us as part of your creation. You see us as something of value and of great worth. And I pray that as we proceed in this journey of Christmas, that you'll help us to capture that a little bit in our hearts, in our lives, in our spirit, in our minds, in our bodies, in our souls, to where we can celebrate, to where we can sing with joy, to where we can trust that this joy and this hope and your love is meant for us not just other folks, and that then we can share that love and that grace and that story with the folks in our lives, the folks that you put into our path. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.